Welcome to the Demisery Podcast, where I, Liz Hansen, read essays I've written about confronting and moving on from loss, grief, and shame. My hope is to normalize conversations around miscarriage, mental health, and all kinds of losses and traumas that compound the older we get. After my own miscarriages, I wanted nothing more than to hear stories from women about how they made it through. So here's mine. Know that you're not alone and that there are many healing paths to pursue. Thanks for listening. Content warning. Topics include miscarriage, infant mortality, grief, and raw freaking emotion. Last fall, actually last summer, I had this idea for an essay about what my life had become in like the handful of years you know, pandemic and pre-pandemic. And I realized that I was, my life was all about crypto and pit bulls. And I was also at the same time trying to conceive of an essay that I could submit to the New York Times Modern Love column. And I wanted to try to publish something there about miscarriage and about what happens to love what's a love story that involves a miscarriage that doesn't end with a baby and that doesn't end with a human relationship and so in thinking through that um i i i wrote an essay called crypto and pitbulls and i submitted it to the times and i just found out today that that they they don't want to publish it so the good news for the demisery is that i can share it here now so um, in the style of a modern love essay. Oh, and if you if you don't know what that is, the modern love column is a column, a podcast, it's a TV show, and they publish, distribute true stories about finding love, losing love, trying to keep love alive. So that's it. It's a fun podcast, and it's a fun column. Um, and anyway, I am really proud of this essay, and I'm pleased to be able to share it with you now, here, Crypto and Pitbulls by Liz Hansen. I'm at the Oakland Animal Shelter, roaming around rooms of distressed animals looking for a dog that may or may not exist. I've been called here by some mysterious internal directive that an hour before said, go to the dog pound now. I didn't question the voice. It was in line with a meditation-induced vision I'd had a week prior. Me and a black dog happily walking on a forest trail. And then there she was, in the last room of the pound, sandwiched between two barky and aggressive shepherds was Tinsel, a one-year-old, medium-sized, black pit bull mix laying on her side, unbothered by the chaos all around her, content to just wait it out. Her... I told the volunteer. I'd like to meet her. We played in the yard. She was sprightly and liked to be chased, ping-ponging around a sleek, energetic sparkler who to this day has a look in her eye like she knows secrets about playing. Follow me, her eyes say. I know how to have fun. A week later, she came home with me, and I renamed her Olive. She was fierce and independent and chatty and willful and cuddly and excited to be alive, all the things I used to be. 
My world was slowly forming back into some semblance of emotional stability and contentedness after a devastating breakup a few years prior. It all had to do with children and parenting. I had suffered several miscarriages, and one particularly gnarly one that required a second trimester abortion that resulted in freak hemorrhaging and hospitalization. The layers of disappointment and trauma set me in the X upon separate paths, me still wanting to pursue parenthood, him not at all. So I left, intent to find a new relationship where I could have kids. Easier said than done. For the first year, I was numb. There was no way I could meet new people in my depressive irritability. I could barely tolerate folks I already knew. And sex? Forget about trying to make a baby or even cultivating pleasure. I was unable to contemplate my body, this thing that felt like a trauma-prone flesh sack, and my brain. It was a grief stew, thick with depression chunks and mealy with sluggishness. What used to be an innate curiosity about people and the world had shrunk to a singular curiosity about how early I could go to bed each night without deepening my depression. My life had become small by necessity and design. I made my home cozier, a nurturing nest that I didn't want to leave. I needed as much space as possible to grieve, to have panic attacks, and to retreat into my shell until it felt safe to emerge again. I had a lot to get over, and let's face it, our culture does a shit job of modeling how to authentically and effectively grieve. I made it up as I went along. So where did the majority of my effort go? To a Monday through Friday office job. The less stimulating, the better. But I was grateful for the structured routine. I couldn't risk anything that might foster ambition, as I was also grieving my perceived failure as a writer. I'd left L.A. in the pursuit of a screenwriting career to be with my ex, and now, sans family or career in the arts, I declared myself a complete creative and procreative failure and didn't want to risk further disappointment in either realm. Me and Olive, we made up a healing journey for ourselves, socializing each other to realms that misunderstood us. I was her third owner and vowed to protect and nurture her despite the challenge of her spirited personality. I taught her not to bite, and she taught me not to be afraid to express the intensity of my emotions. I got a job as a Silicon Valley executive assistant, specifically in finance, tech, and then more specifically in cryptocurrency. My life was about work, therapy, yoga, and the dog. I'd take Olive to dog parks where I marveled at her resilience and cheer. My new motto, I too, would be resilient and cheerful. Sometimes I'd hang out with family, but not friends. Seeing their kids produced a sadness I couldn't yet face, let alone metabolize. More heavy, though, was witnessing parenting in action. Observing friends who had been raised by mentally ill parents dance around that role themselves was especially troubling, and somehow became private proof of how deeply I'd been cheated. Why them, and not me? Forgetting that I too suffered mental health issues well before my many miscarriages. About two years post-breakup, I got on the dating apps. My first few dates were pathetic, meaning I was pathetic. In my head, I thought of myself as the dead baby lady, and I worried that the intensity of my past made me spoiled goods. I vowed not to give a full answer if asked why I was single. Just don't talk about the miscarriages, I'd tell myself. But I always did. Right out of the gate. Ghosting prevailed. I dated one guy for almost a year, but we lived 2,000 miles apart. And that was as close as I was capable of getting then, physically and emotionally. A year after that, the pandemic happened and dating was off the table. 
Olive was my one companion during quarantine. New facets of grief revealed themselves as I faced the shelter-in-place alone. I became ragefully jealous of those with partners and kids to hunker down with. My heart, house, and heart felt empty. Olive needed a playmate, and I needed a more cuddly creature to provide me some kind of physical comfort and connection. So I adopted a puppy pit mix named Gordo. Pitbulls were bred for their tenacity, for their resilience. This quality gives them a bad reputation. Set them on a destructive path and they will stick with it. Set them on a path of loyalty and love and let me tell you, you will feel not only safe and loved, but safe in your love. When I told one of my brothers about the new dog, he was genuinely confused. You used to like cats. What happened? I've rebranded, I joked. Crypto and pit bulls, that's the life for me. But it wasn't really a joke. When old friends asked what I was up to, I started to say, Crypto and pit bulls? They all thought I was kidding. It's true, I'd say. Their foreheads wrinkling, I'd explain. I had a lot of miscarriages and a horrible breakup and life, well, it took some surprising turns. The conversation would then become about crypto, not miscarriages, and I'd say things like, Cryptocurrency! Well, it's just a digital representation of value. Blockchain is just an unchangeable digital ledger on a computer network. It's like how letters went from postcards to email to text messages and emojis. Money is following suit. I'd forestall the inevitable judgment about crypto and quickly offer, it's like the biggest conceptual art project ever. Money, value, what is value anyway? It's a social construct. Something is valuable only because society agrees it is. I longed to be asked about miscarriages so I could say things like, Babies are just flesh and blood vanity projects. Babies are proof of concept that you will one day be a disappointment to future generations. We went from children being laborers and agrarian societies to being sentimental status symbols and unhealthy emotional extensions of self. A few months after Olive came into my life, I had one particularly bad week. Miscarriage grief often leads to feeling isolated and ashamed by the sadness and anxiety because... Nobody wants to talk to us dead baby ladies about our dead babies, and so when we cry about it, we cry a lot and alone. The day I couldn't stop ugly crying, Olive, like any faithful dog, came to my side and stayed with me, her sweet face looking up. She cocked it to the side as if to say, What's going on? I see you. Some dogs are neurotic sponges, like codependents, with bad boundaries. If you get upset, they get upset, and that doesn't help. But not Olive. She was resilient, unbothered, and comforting. She sat next to me and let me pet her and I calmed down. Oh, Olive, I remember thinking, thank the gods that you're a pit bull. You're hardy enough to accompany my trauma. Pit bulls, I've decided, are supreme emotional metabolizers. She soothed my loneliness and made it okay to let my icky feelings take their own time and intensity. The ideas fueling my interest in crypto, I realize now, were a grief tonic. As a childless woman in a culture that expects on-demand everything, including on-demand fertility, pregnancy, and healthy children, of course I'm invested in counter-narratives. I want new ways to produce and assess and transact social value. I liked working in crypto around other people who were embracing these ideas. My brain lit up in ways that it hadn't for years. Here it was, this new way of conceiving value, and there I was, on the cutting edge. I knew things about value that most people didn't yet know existed. 
finally, I could actually imagine a future where values were shifting, where my childlessness was inconsequential. If there were new things and ways to value, then I knew I'd be okay. It's now six years post-breakup, and I'm at peace with not having human children. Sometime between the Tiger King phase of the pandemic and the day when California's firestorms turned the Bay Area into an orange marscape, I became deeply grateful that I didn't live with a four-year-old in what would have been a very unhappy marriage. It helped me come to peace and stop yearning for the mothering narrative I'd chased for so long. Now I just have to steel myself for the unexpected grief that will undoubtedly emerge when my peers start to become grandparents. I can see it already. I'm in a retirement home called Tesla Coin Garden Pod 22, and all the Jennifers and Jessicas are giving me updates about the Madisons and Skylers. And they're telling me about the grandbaby twins, Prozacabeth and Zoloftishan. I'll choke back the vomit as I call over my pit bulls and begin to pet Olive the Third and Gordon the Fourth until my nervous system is reset. Do we have babies to grow love? Because they're cute? Because we have impulses to nurture and control? Because of some biological imperative? I wanted a baby because I wanted to feel the full power of my body. And I also wanted to see the world through an abstracted version of myself. I wanted to witness a mind grow and a personality develop. I wanted to repair some of the parenting I did and didn't receive. I wanted a loving do-over. I wanted to nurture creativity and soothe the familiar nervous system. Now I do it for myself. Proud that I found a path of courage and resilience that questions what and why I value anything. I feel lucky to have found love and value and meaning where I didn't think to look for it before. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to subscribe to this essay series or find me, Liz Hansen, you can do so at demisery.com. D-E-M-I-S-E-R-Y.com. Don't forget to be nice to yourself. Healing wishes to all.